All right, guys. So I'm starting this thing where I'm going to be recording podcasts, YouTube, when I travel around for my bodybuilding journey. So our journey starts today, show day number one. Actually started very seriously 10 weeks ago when I unfortunately miscalculated the dates of my show. Thought I was 14 weeks out, turned out I was 10. So I had to really ramp up and this actually had a very positive turnout in the process because I had such a fire under my ass that I just doubled down on everything and I went about my journey a little bit less intuitively than I would. I'm a bit of a conservative coach. I like to have a lot of time ahead of me. I like to not lose weight too drastically, but I was facing a situation where it was kind of do or die and the turned out was pretty great. I don't find like my condition is where I want it to be yet, but it was as expected. If I want to be peaking with my top physique or my best look by by July, August, um, it would be a little realistic for me to achieve that right now and try to sustain it. So I'm trying to make the prep as realistic as possible, especially for someone who hasn't competed in like five years. So I'm, uh, I'm bringing a nice package today. I don't think it's my best package, very honestly, but I'm very excited. Um, I'm, I'm proud. I mean, it was such a hard 10 weeks and and most of people who know me know that i'm also a workaholic i run a business we have our own private facility so it was just like trying to keep up with the hours while also being on prep and 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 depleted and limited in time because one of the other thing that prep does to you is that it just it just takes away a lot of the hours you have in a day because your workout gets longer your cardio takes forever and then you have posing and then you have errands and there's just so many things to do but i love it i love every part of it and i figured in this episode i would break it down into try to keep it short under 20 minutes but maybe under 30 i always i always end up going on tangents but regardless you guys can just clock out whenever you're tired but also wants to listen i'm going to break it down into two part i'm going to talk about like four things that i journal every day and one of my last journal, I wrote about four things that I learned about this prep. And after that, I think I'll discuss a little bit about my peak week because peak weeks are going to be something I'm really going to experiment with in this in this uh, journey. Like since I'm doing three or maybe four shows, I'm going to try different peaks. Like for this first show, I obviously went with a very conservative peaking process, a, a more of a physique ma- management approach where um, there's no backloading, I'm not carving up aggressively close to the show. Uh, I did that last weekend, so now it's been a week. I tapered down during the week, and now I'm filling up the little details. I'm not worried I'm going to spill. Um, I mean, I am worried because as a bodybuilder, the closer you get to the show, you feel like f- you, you start overthinking everything. But on paper, technically... It's not likely for me to spill. I'm just going to keep looking tight. And then as I pump up and add a bit of sodium and get the last bits of carbs in with some hydration, I should I should look pretty solid. That's the goal. So I'll be talking about different peaks I'm going to be attempting as I get leaner, as I get more shredded, and as I get like more error march room for me to like do more aggressive peaks. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit. But first of all, one thing I realized about this prep is that you really control your happiness and 
those who know me very well and i don't mind being transparent on uh, social media um i have a bit of anxiety depressive habits um i tend to i tend to be very negative and uh, the pandemic has made that come out of me a lot more and, and i think i used to be someone who was more optimistic a little more ambitious uh prior to covid and then and then the past two years it's like i've been in this whirlwind where um it didn't take much for me to resort to darkness and it was a bit disconcerting because i lost myself not for a couple of weeks but but for years and uh it was odd recently i've been kind of finding myself and it's so funny to think that it's on prep that i actually rediscover my happiness because prep takes all the good things out of life right it takes the food takes the energy <laughs> it takes hormones you know like i did a blood test recently and my my testosterone level is very low and i'm a fully natural athlete i, I don't take anything like and 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 my test is still down to the ground because of of my body fat that's so low and my my energy intake that's so low as well so i mean i discovered happiness i discovered peace um journaling reading educating myself personal development like i used to do that a lot i stopped and it's just like training man it's something you have to keep up with like daily i even started meditation i must have started meditation like at least five times in my life i always quit it's so hard like i think the muscle that is the hardest to train in your body is the brain and trying to get a grip on your brain like the breathing part whatever but me it's the emptiness of the mind you know or the mindfulness or or just trying to like erase all thoughts and achieve such mastery of your mind that you dictate where it goes or how it acts um i think this can be very helpful in my everyday life and and, and even though i feel like I, when i'm meditating like I, i'm going nowhere um it's throughout the day that i get a better control over my thoughts and i'm like oh maybe i am doing something it's like training you know you don't you don't leave the gym after your first day with a six-pack but it's after consistent effort and recurrent effort that you get a six-pack so yeah you control your happiness at the end of the day no one else and you control whether you're happy or not even when you're on prep so that i realized it and it's not easy ask Hilia. she's still dealing with my annoying ass half the time but i always told myself getting into this she doesn't deserve to live with an asshole because i chose to be on prep so i really do my best to try to like not let the simple thing drive me nuts just because i am hangry um and then and then the big things those are the ones that i really try to achieve self-mastery and 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 get a grip on it so that's number one that was a bit more of a psychological or spiritual even discovery but i also discovered some physiological facts that were pretty awesome um first of all losing muscle isn't that fucking easy like it's not because you're in aggressive caloric deficit and you're dropping weight that and that you're natural that all the hard work you've put in the off season is going to go away like but there's one caveat to that you got to train fucking hard you got to eat smart 
and you got to lose weight at a reasonable rate. Like when I say I was aggressive, I was losing two pounds a week, but that was still 1% of my body weight. So that's still reasonable. It's just that it demands a lot of discipline to lose two pounds a week consistently. So that's why it was aggressive because it's hard, but it's not harmful to muscle retention. That's the cool thing. Second thing, I switched my training because of the curfew during lockdowns from training at 8 p.m. to training at 1 p.m. This has completely transformed my life. Um, I moved clients later in the day and I made a gap in the middle of the day for me to get my workouts. Um, This has been the single most biggest game changer in my and the success that I've had at retaining muscle. I did a prep right before one of the lockdowns back in 2020, and I got to the same body weight that I was five weeks ago. So I'm five pounds lighter and than I was at the time, and I look bigger. And it's insane how much more muscle I've retained. I also gained some during the off-season, granted, but it's insane how much more muscle I've retained because my training quality... It's just so much better when I have when it's earlier in the day. So think for a bodybuilder on prep, train early. That's your best bet. Uh, and also eat smart. I mean, obviously, I'm, 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 my continued education regarding nutrition never ends. I'm constantly trying to learn new things, but also explore new venues. Right? I keep an open mind as a coach and also as a scientist. Um, like when it when it comes to my approach to my profession like i really have a background in biochemistry so i always use scientific thinking and and then i i explore i make hypotheses i observe data and I analyze and then that gives me more information and this is how i've improved my skills as a coach and there's a lot that i've learned when it comes to nutrition and it's been really helping. It's been paying off. Obviously, as much as with me as with my athletes, uh, Chloe has been killing her conditioning. It's like everywhere we want to take her body, it goes. And it's very fun to uh, to see all the, the, the reward from all the effort that we put intellectually, just translating it to, into our physiques. So that has been awesome. Um, third point, cardio is not evil. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, I think in the bodybuilding niche, we've always approached cardio with like that necessary evil on prep, but that thing that is like very dangerous if you overdo it or that should not happen whatsoever during the off season. Like don't do cardio, blah, blah, blah. Concurrent training is not good. It will inhibit you to build muscle. Honestly, crap. Most of it is crap. Like I've seen it too many times. There is so much benefit and it's more subtle, but like there's so much benefit from doing cardio even on your off season. Your stamina is better, your energy is better, and then these things will also lead to like better recovery and then better sleep and lower heart rate. Um, all these things are awesome for a bodybuilder. They're awesome for building muscle. Like the obvious thing you need to avoid is like doing a lot of cardio before training or doing any cardio that causes a lot of systemic fatigue or a lot of like pain on the body or affecting your performance into your following workouts like you just don't want to do anything that will obviously interfere with you killing your workouts but as far as that goes that's the end of all like the rest it's mostly benefits and i've 
I've also realized that you can get away with very simple cardio options like walking. Uh, at this point of the prep, I, I, when I started prep, I used to do boxing. And that went out the window real quick. I love you, Sam, but he's the best boxing coach in the world. But I just couldn't keep up, you know. I just, I just, I would right away deplete my glycogen within five minutes, and then, and then it would suck because I need that for my training. So, and then I wouldn't enjoy myself doing the boxing either. So like that went out the window. But in the off season, it's great, great. When you have a lot of energy, it's a great source of cardio. And then I did a lot of, I did some running. I did some incline walking, I did some cycling, but like going intense. And eventually I just resorted to walking because I just didn't have the bandwidth anymore to like push through. And now I'm walking like more than 10K a day and I've been melting. Like it really, as long as I keep my, my caloric intake steady in a deficit, like the increased walking, like there's almost a direct correlation between the rate of weight loss and the amount of walking I do. Like I slow down the walking, the weight loss slows down. I crank up the walking, the the weight loss cranks up too. So, so far it's all observational data and it's anecdotal because it's me personally, but I've heard a lot of case studies about that and I, I believe that there is a positive impact to that, okay? So it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to have your heart rate in a specific window. Um, just get it done, get it done and keep all, all other variables um steady and then observe what happens keep track uh and the last one is my body and my mind are more resilient than i thought um like if at the beginning of prep even 10 weeks ago somebody would have told me you're gonna be doing 10k of walking a day plus so that 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 gets to like a thousand calories of cardio a day on my the week before peak week, I was doing a thousand calories of cardio a day, eating like around two thousand calories, maybe twenty two hundred. And somebody would have told me like they're gonna be doing this like a week out from the show, and I've been like, "You're fucking crazy! Like, there's no way I can do all this. Like, I won't need to do this, and if I do, I'll quit because it's too hard, you know." But then. Every time I would increase something, because this is the hardest challenge when you're self-coached, is that you never know if you want a refeed or you deserve a refeed. Because there's this part of your brain that's like, I'm fucking hungry. And there's this other part that like, you may look flat, but you may not. And I ended up not giving myself a refeed for pretty much all prep. Um, I Not because refeeds are bad. Personally, I think... There's a cost to them. Obviously, if you have a refeed, that means your other days are going to have to be low in calories if you want to achieve the same rate of weight loss. And also, there's a cost of like distraction because it takes you away from the normal momentum that your wheels are getting. And then, boom, you put the brakes on, get a refeed, got to start the engine back. I think weekly refeed are a little bit hardcore. Um, and maybe they're good for people to have a lot of self-control over like their relation with food i don't especially not on prep like it's very hard for me to close the gates once i open them i want to keep eating so i just didn't have any and that too you would have told me like you're resilient you will push through you will be fine i would have said there's no way there's no way i can do all this and i did it and it's just always crazy when you look back and you look at the past two three months and you're like fuck i did all this you know 
I didn't get a refeed. I ate the same damn foods. You know, not that eating the same damn foods is good, but for me that works. I eat the same damn foods like a robot and I kill my workouts and I did my cardio and I pulled my hours at work and I managed to still keep my business thriving and my trainers happy, I think, and be able to continue to make progress professionally, even though it's not as exponential as it once was because obviously i have to focus on myself right now but i'm very proud that i managed to like get it done and and yeah i realized like i got more work to do for the next few shows and more and more i believe that i am resilient enough that i will push through um partly of it because i i want this really badly like i love the sport and anybody who's a bodybuilder especially at my level which is amateur level um knows that you don't do this for you don't do this for the praise the money or the rewards because there isn't much in that sport it's a small sport small niche and uh it's not the olympics here but the, the, the glory comes from within and my true love is the sport is the performance is the posing is is the art that comes behind it and the training i love training i love food I love I love manipulating macros so this sport really connects with me and I enjoy it like I deeply enjoy it it's the reason why I do it is it's my moment it's for me and and the rest is just gravy on top so I think uh I think when you're really passionate you really like something it's also easier to like push through Okay wrapping up on this show these were my points of the things that I realized in my prep um, maybe not you would what you would have thought, but these are the four things that came to mind that came to mind first. Um, last thing I'll talk about is like just just quick breakdown because this is pretty exciting. Like I said, I did more of a front load approach uh, on this peak week. So for those who don't know much about peak week, it's the week before the show. You're gonna be manipulating certain stuff like you're gonna remove certain foods. Like I remove fiber closer to the show. Uh, that's just to rem- avoid having too much um, too much water in your gut, too much too much uh, gut volume, and um, and then I will like for example manipulate carbohydrate. I don't play with water so much, but I do try to keep water steady. So I track it, but don't manipulate it. Um, sodium I will manipulate. Usually sodium will evolve as your carb intake evolves. So most of the time. If I go high carb day, I'm going to go high sodium day and then vice versa. Um, and then obviously your fats and proteins, well, they're going to have to be manipulated as well because of your total caloric intake. So if you go from 200 grams of carb to 600, which I did last week, well, you're going to want to bring fats and protein downs because you also don't want to go from eating 2000 to 5000, but by increasing your carbohydrate to 600 that's like 2k cows plus just from um carbs so you gotta you gotta bring other macros down so that your caloric intake is obviously going to be in a surplus or at maintenance if your maintenance is still very high but it's fine for a couple days you're filling up so what i did is i filled up early into the week to a point where i believe i looked spilled but not so spilled i think i could have filled up more but you never know for sure until you try it so i think i was still tight i could have filled up more i did one day at like maybe 800 grams of carbs 
maybe seven, and then one day at 600, and then I went five, four, three, two. Two days out of the show, I was eating very little carbs, and then yesterday I filled up. Today I'm filling up a little more, but like now I'm filling up by the way I look, and then sodium is ramped up. Sodium was like like moderate yesterday. Today I'm ramping up a lot, trying to get some vascularity. I'm hydrating still, drinking water. I don't do diuretics. I don't do um, like flushing out the water, like loading up and then cutting it dry. I don't do any of this, especially because I believe you want to get a nice pump. You need hydration, right? Blood flow, there's water in it. So if you want you want everything to circulate and glycogen to actually get through the blood barrier, you got to have to do something. You're going to have to consume some water. So I consume water, no problem. And um, I just cut it closer to the show because I don't want to have to go to pee right before going on stage, obviously. Oh, we got a nice sun here. We're in London, Ontario, by the way. It's like it's like really nice. I love I love this little town. I call it little town. It's a city. It's just like it's just a little more flat. It's like there's not big towers, but it's super cool. Um people are awesome and um and the the hotel room is 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 badass. Like we have a have a nice have a nice living room here. Full equipped kitchen. I I brought all my chicken and my my rice and everything. Turns out the room had a had a kitchen. He didn't tell me, so I could have I could have just like go shopping, but whatever. I saved some energy for that, and um, that's it for Peak Week. I think uh, in my future episode, I'll be breaking down the different approach that I'll be doing, especially because everything is up for for changing in the future, depending the outcomes of the next few weeks. But um, this time was a front loading approach. And I would be very excited if I get the opportunity to try a backloading, especially in the next coming shows, because um, this is the kind of go big or go home approach. And I want to be that kind of guy. I want to know my body to a point where I can do something that might have harmful repercussion, but pull it off. Now I'm playing it safe. It's the first show. Got to get my toes wet. So excited to step on stage. That's like in two hours, two hours and a half, ETA, and um, hope you enjoyed this episode, very different, but I think there's some, some good information for anyone out there, peace.